everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. My guest today is Leslie Tagorda, and oh my gosh, am I excited for this episode. In this episode, we are talking all about astrology. We're going through your sun, your moon, and your rising sign, plus what all of the houses mean. And if you have no clue what I'm talking about, don't worry, we'll explain it. <laughs> but we are going to walk through what all of these mean so that you can not only understand yourself better, but also understand how you can use this insight in your business. What I love about Leslie is that she does astrology for entrepreneurs, which is so cool. And she is a musician herself. She believes that your vision and your voice matters and that it's time for you to shine bright like the luminary you are meant to be. So I'm going to keep the intro relatively short because we are going to dive into it in this episode. But I do have a couple announcements before we dive in. The first is that as you will hear at the end of this episode, Leslie talks about her uh, one week intensive happening called Written in the Stars to help you read your birth chart, your astrology chart for business. So this is something that uh, we'll talk about a little bit at the end of the episode, but I wanted to let you guys know that the affiliate link, uh, my affiliate link to join that is in the show notes. So if you want to join that, you can just click the link in the show notes and sign right up. I'm taking it. I'm registered. I'm super excited about it. (laughs) I cannot wait for this. I totally geek out about astrology, so I loved having Leslie on, and I'm really looking forward to learning how to read my chart a little bit more. So when I had the opportunity to become an affiliate for it too, I was like, I'm definitely doing this. So if you have any questions about that, feel free to ask Leslie or myself, but I wanted to make sure that you guys had that available to you if you're interested. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that we have enrollment open right now for Out to Launch Patreon edition. Now, this is something that I really haven't been building up to on the podcast and haven't talked much about um, here at all because it wasn't actually something we were initially going to do. But I had been getting some questions about Out to Launch Patreon edition. And so I put feelers out to you guys via email and via Instagram. Yes, make sure that you're hanging out there because I can't get to you as quickly here on the podcast. (laughs) But I put feelers out to you and so many of you reached out saying that you wanted this. So we are enrolling for that program. Now we're going to move forward. I'm going to run it as a group program, a four-month group program with a bonus month. So it's really five months of helping to grow your audience, creating your Patreon offer, and launching that Patreon offer out into the world. So if you've ever thought about launching a Patreon, or maybe you even have a Patreon, but you're just like not thrilled with how it's going, and you want to revive it, you want to get some more people in there, you want to like maybe have more than just your mom hanging out inside, then this is absolutely for you. You can get more information by heading to katiezacardi.com slash out to launch Patreon. Just one word, all lowercase, out to launch Patreon. And right there, it's going to give you all the information about the program. It's also going to give you the link to click to book your candidate call. So there's no application. You can hop right on a call with me, Um, but you do need to click and book that call. And I advise that you do it ASAP if you're interested because my calendar is filling up really, really quickly for August. I've already got a bunch of calls um, that have happened and a bunch of calls scheduled. And I wanna make sure that if you're hearing this now and it's resonating with you in any way, there's no strings attached for the call. You don't have to buy on the call. You don't have to pay for the call. Um, you do just have to be serious about learning about the program and seeing if it's for you. And on the call, we'll talk about if it is a good fit, we'll talk about the program more and we will invite you to join. 
So if you're thinking about it, if this is calling your name, if you know you want to launch a Patreon and you really want to get it out there and you don't want to have it flop, you don't want to feel like you put all this time and effort into it only for two people to sign up and you don't want to, you know, put something out there and if that you don't know people will join or that you don't know if your audience is warm enough, don't worry. You don't have to question. You don't have to stress about it. That is exactly what we will help you work through during the program. So again, head to katiezacardi.com slash out to launch Patreon for all the information you need and to book your candidate call. All right, without any further ado, let's go ahead and hop into today's interview with Leslie. Hey, Leslie, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hi, Katie. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you on today. I was telling you earlier before we started recording that I kind of came across you just in fate, like somebody recommended you in a Facebook group. And then I learned that not only are you a business astrologer for entrepreneurs, but you are also a musician yourself, which is a very hard combination to come by, I feel like. <laughs> um, Everything's a vibration, right? So they kind of go hand in hand. Yes, yes, true. Um, so are you the perfect guest for this podcast? Absolutely. And I'm really excited to dive in today. Um, so before we get to all things astrology, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got into astrology and music? Oh, gosh, yes. Well, my name is Leslie Tagorda. I was born and raised in Hawaii, but now live in San Francisco. Um, I started playing the clarinet in sixth grade. And before, maybe I should give you the cliff notes, but I'm kind of like going way back. <laughs> in the sixth grade, my mom was like, here's a clarinet. I'm like, I don't want to play the clarinet. I want to be in art. And she's like, no, you're going to play the clarinet. And I guess she knew best because I ended up studying clarinet. I have like a master's degree. I have a wow. bachelor's. <laughs> yeah, I have a bachelor's. <laughs> I went to the Eastman School of Music and then I went to get a master's degree in Hawaii because I was so cold. Um, but you know, being a musician, like most of your, all of your listeners, this is kind of a spiritual journey almost on its own because you lead an artist's life, a creative life, and you have to make your own path, right? There's nobody who's going to bail you out. So to be a musician, you have to be an artist, you have to be an athlete, and you have to be a business strategist, all of those things wrapped into one. Yes. I said that. <laughs> I really, I That's have a this lot of that the people who are going to really succeed and thrive in the music industry moving forward are the ones who put a focus on their personal and spiritual development. Because if you yeah. don't, you just burn out, you get caught in hustle culture, and you kind of also just stay behind because you're not really evolving at the pace that you could be and not tapping into like your highest self. Exactly. Like there's no, there's nobody's going to save an artist. You got to create your own opportunities. And so I, after, after I graduated from my master's degree, I was playing professionally freelance here and there and here and there. And I had my teaching studio and I just got burned out. I loved teaching, but that wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. And I loved performing, but I didn't want to be like a broke ass musician. And so I moved to San Francisco and got a tech degree which after I had a corporate job for five years, I was like, F this. I hate, hate working for other people. And <laughs> so decided I was going to still be a musician, but this time I was going to have a hustle, a side hustle. And I opened up a design firm. And so I'm telling you all of these bits and pieces because I'm well established in my career. There's, uh, I'm 47 years old. I'm proud to be that age. And what I'm saying is that for no matter where you are in your career, you're picking up these bits and pieces that matter in your long path. And so after I 
quit my corporate job, started my own web design business. I was still a professional musician and owning a design business. And then I was like, what the heck am I doing? I love astrology. <laughs> I, I was going to close down my business, my design business, because um, I was ready to throw in the towel. I just felt like I was just stuck in this cycle of comparison and copying, which I know is such an artist way when they're always trying to maximize and perfect, they just start to like copy and compare. Yeah. And so I was doing this in my design business as well, and just kind of in this real funk. And that's when I looked at my astrology chart, because I'd always been a closet astrologer for like, ever since I was a little, little girl. And I discovered a branding archetype, a brand map in a natal chart. And this is when I started really putting things together. And that was only about three or four years ago that I started incorporating astrology with all of my business strategy, all of my design, and then the music industry part comes in there. So all of these pieces add up to the work that I'm doing now. And like I said in the very beginning, when you introduce me, everything is vibration. And so if you're not elevating at your highest frequency and your in tuneness, then you know what? The whole thing sounds like crap. Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's the music industry. It's not like the cleanest space in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you had been a fan of astrology for a while since you were yeah. little and you had been doing it. So how were you first introduced to it? And was it sort of just like a hobby? Did you kind of get more into it and learn um, just by self-study or what was your journey there? Yeah, I think in elementary school, like Hawaii is very superstitious. And so <laughs> when we were really little, we we already knew like our Chinese horoscope. And then then Western astrology got introduced to me. And when I found out that I was an Aquarius, I was like, whoa, Aquarius sounds so cool and so weird. <laughs> and I I just just devoured everything I could read. Um and then I had a best friend right out of college. I had a best friend who was also into astrology and she was more of a professional astrologer and we would just talk astrology day and night, day and night. And so I just picked it up, picked it up. And as I started kind of self-studying, then I started looking for a mentor and I found a business astrology mentor who really connected all the dots of what I had already learned intuitively in terms of like branding and business using astrology. And she just kind of confirmed and helped me kind of form this container so I'm like, yes, I've, I've always been on this path. Can you give us like a snapshot of what it looks like to actually bridge these things together and how we can use them together, how we can really use astrology as a tool in our business? Oh my goodness. Yes. Especially for musicians, right? If you're always comparing whether like you're a classical musician and maybe you play in a chamber orchestra or you're always auditioning and you're trying to look for your unique sound or if you're a teacher or if you're a producer and you're like, how do I differentiate myself from anyone else? Like, you don't have to take any personality tests or avatar tests. You can just look to your natal chart and see your chart to success. Like all of the energies that are begging to be expressed at their highest potential. Because what I noticed for a lot of entrepreneurs, at least, and this could be in the musician's world too, is that we are trying to be good at everything. Mm. And like the things that we're really bad at, we spend so much effort trying to get better at it. And I'm not like not in our craft, of course, like if you're a musician and you really got to like nail this one lick or something like that, yeah. of course, you're going to work on that. But 
instead of like focusing on what you're not good at, we can look at astrology and focus what you're really good at and use that to differentiate you from all of your peers, from all of your competitors, so that you don't have to compare or copy using your unique astrology chart. I am obsessed with that. And hopefully we're going to start to dive into that today. So you listeners can uncover some of this for yourself. So that being said, everyone's going to have to pull up their astrology chart, ideally, to follow along with this episode. So what's the best way, in your opinion, to pull up your chart? Do you have any recommended sites that you prefer? Yeah, there's a there's a whole ton of free chart sites um, online. My favorite is astro.com. There's also astro hyphen charts.com. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty one. But for the for like kind of just like an overview, what we were talking about before Katie was kind of like the big three. And you can glean so much information on how to position your business and how to work with ease and flow when you know your big three, which is your sun, your moon, and your rising sign. Yeah. So most people know the sun. It's the month that mm-hmm. you were born. And usually uh, when you read horoscopes, although I've been told you're really not supposed to read them with your rising sign, but most people go for their sun sign because that's the only thing that they really know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Especially yes. if you don't look up your chart. But can you tell us about what the sun really is and how we can learn a little bit more about what it means for us depending on the month we were born? Yeah. So our sun sign is like that first stepping stone. That's like how we all like dip our toes into the world of astrology because we all know our sign based on our birthday. But it's really important to know your birth time and your place of birth because that opens up so much more of your chart. But your sun sign is that if we think of just the sun and the solar system, everything revolves around the sun. The sun is its own source of energy. It radiates. It's it's this creative vibrancy. And so when I'm looking at the sun sign, it really is the heart and the soul of what we do. Um, There is this meme that I always quote online that I found, but I couldn't find the author. So if you know the author, let me know. But there's this meme online that it says, the sun doesn't give a fuck if it blinds you. Shine brightly. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And so we all have the sun in us and we can think of it as like that radiant, creative, vibrant, that talent that just pours out of you, that just oozes out of you. And when we look at it from a business perspective, this sun sign really informs our identity because this shows us what we do so well that's differently than others. Now, you could say, well, you know, Katie, she's a Sagittarius and one twelfth of the population in the world is a Sagittarius. And we know that Sagittarians love to be optimistic and hopeful and they're always adding meaning and they have a lot of philosophy and spirituality, but really a Sagittarian wants to be free to explore like yeah. that. It's it's like ultimate motivation with a Sagittarian. Now, your sun sign, you have your sun, what the sign is, you also have the placement, meaning which house, like the natal chart is divided into 12 houses, and Mm -hmm. which house your sun is in also shows you where you, where in your life or your work, you have the most brilliance, Katie, for you in the fourth house, like that's at the very root of your chart, and so it is about your personal life, it's about self-care, it's about family, it's about home. 
home. If we're thinking about a business, it could be even like your family business. Now, that's not to say that if your son is in the fourth house, it doesn't mean that you can't be a, a wonderful entrepreneur. That's not it. It's just that when you create your brilliance in your personal life, everything else just flows. And so there's so much information we can get just from the sun sign. Yeah. So it's like, well, Katie is an amazing musician, unlike her other peers, because she's always looking for the symbolism and the big picture and how to expand. Like, that's your superpowers. Would you agree? Yes, but you know what? <laughs> I've never heard anyone describe Sagittarius as like that. I feel like it's always like they're loud and spontaneous and crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I mean, I'm a Virgo rising, which we'll get into, but I'm like, I am not that spontaneous. Like, I'm not, like, jumping off cliffs. I, I definitely take risks, but they're also somewhat calculated risks. Or, like, I'm really considering them before I take them. So it's, I just love the way you describe that because it really, it's so, like, gentle. And us fire signs are not always <laughs> gentle. <laughs> um, but can we go through just, like, the basics of every sign? Like, similar how to to how you listed the characteristics of Sag, can we go through that for each sign so people can get a feel for those kinds of energies or key characteristics for that sign? Yeah, definitely. So um, there's 12 signs, of course. Uh, let me group them instead of just going all through the horoscope, I'll group them by element. Perfect. And so um, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, those are the fire signs. And so with the fire signs, all of them are passionate and creative and connected to spirit, like just a lot of inspiration. And thinking about fire, it's hot. And so like it likes to burn, it likes to shine brightly. And so the Aries is the first um, first sign in the horoscope, they love being the best and the first and they're competitive and they want to take risks and they want to stand up and fight for what's important to them. So that's Aries. That's the very first sign. And then Leo in the middle of fire, that's in the summertime. Leos are about that, about drama and flair and lifestyle and creativity and joy and courage. And then the Sagittarians are the ones that love to explore and they're really hopeful and optimistic. Some people could say that they're indulgent, but you can see how all of the fire signs, there's all of this heat and this energy that just, just loves to shine brightly, basically. And then after the fire signs, we have the water signs and the water signs are, are emotional um, friends. They are more healing, they're more empathetic, and the water signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And so for the water signs with Cancer, it's about holding emotional space to feel safe. Sometimes they say that Cancer is the divine mother and the divine feminine, but she is sensitive and she is emotional and she's very protective. Scorpio, on the other hand, is loves emotional intensity and empowerment, and she needs to learn how to trust herself. Scorpio is the energy that you use to transform, so to make friends with your shadows and your taboos and to bring them up to the light for like pure empowerment. And then Pisces is really interconnected. Pisces is really related a lot to music in one way because it's the connection to spirit and the, the blending in of the physical and the spiritual. And so you'll see that a lot of musicians actually have Mercury in Pisces or a lot of Pisces placements because they're creating 
vibrations and they're creating art that is intangible, which is like pure Pisces energy. That's then, amazing. Right? <laughs> you guys so, definitely have to let us know what your big three are after this episode. And I'm so curious to see if we end up with a lot of Pisces placements. <laughs> yes. And then, so, you know, the, these archetypes that I'm talking about, we'll talk about this, how to use them in the sun and the moon and the rising. They all have different kind of flavors that blend in together. So I covered the water. Then we have the air signs. These are the social signs. So we have Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. And air signs are intellectual. They love knowledge. They, um, Geminis love facts and chatting and sharing information. Libras love connecting with friends and close partnerships. And so they're always the connectors, Libras. And then we have the Aquarians who are always looking to innovate and they're looking to um, kind of they speak with everybody in the world in their own unique way, but not by not getting terribly close. <laughs> There's not a lot of emotional attachment with Aquarius. And so those are the air signs. And so they're very intellectual and very mental. But you know, all you know, all of these, I'm talking about the highest, the empowering aspects of the signs. Of course, the all of the signs exist in a spectrum from low vibration to high vibration so when you're talking about earlier the Sagittarius being you know loud and always having your foot in your mouth like yeah that's that is one expression very judgy but does that help <laughs> does that help you when you're trying to figure out your business not which to especially. be fair I am loud and judgy but like <laughs> But I like to think that there's other qualities I also embody. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, and so, yeah, the air signs, you know, they can get trapped in this place of overthinking because it everything is so mental. And then with the fire signs, they can get trapped in like burnout because they're just like constantly letting out energy. And then the water signs can get stuck with like not having clear boundaries and overgiving because if you think about water, there are no boundaries. Yeah. Like water just permeates. And so did I cover, oh, earth signs. And then we have the earth signs, which are um, Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And we need earth because we live in our physical world and we need to get shit done. We need the practical <laughs> tools that turn all of our fiery ideas, all of our compassionate, emotional lyrics, and all of our, our shared ideas and concepts. So again, fire, water, and air to ground it into reality in this earth and like actually make progress. And so Virg, uh, Taurus is wants to survive. It loves coziness. It wants peace. It loves prosperity. That's one of your, our money keys. Um, Virgo then wants to diagnose and organize and categorize and plan and, and, you know, make everything just as effective and efficient as possible. And then Capricorn is our achievement. And so Capricorn ruled by Saturn, most of, most musicians will have a really strong Saturn placement because that's the discipline and the, the mastery that we all need to master our craft and our instruments. Wow. Okay. So Write it down, figure out was what that you want. Was a lot? Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. I know it was a lot. <laughs> but so good though. No, it, it's such a good, I think it's really digestible, even though obviously there's a lot of signs and you only have one of them yeah. for your sun sign. So mm -hmm. figure out what that is. And then how can we best apply this to our sun sign and what does it really mean for us in our lives and in our business? Yeah. So in our businesses, the sun, as I was mentioning earlier, was that kind of like our souls, our creative extension of our creative vibrancy. It's like, what 
we do so well. So when you're looking at your offers or you're looking at how you're describing yourself in the bio that's going to differentiate you from all of your other peers, then you're looking to your sun sign to discover what you're doing so well. And then honing in on the archetype of the sun sign, seeing how that relates in your business of the what you do, then not only do you express it confidently and differentiate yourself using your sun sign, but then you also create opportunities in your business life, in your artistic life to harness that strength. So Katie, for you with your Sagittarius sun, you know, like you're creating meaning in people's lives and in their work. That's like one of the things that Sagittarius does. It changes ideas into ideals and it helps you explore. And your son in the fourth house, you're doing a lot of self-exploration in order to become a better entrepreneur, a better public life person, a better performer. And so when, you, when you're doing your work, it's like, well, I help you do the self-exploration and add meaning to your musical life like nobody else can do (laughs) it's so crazy to me because we've been having this series on the podcast where we dive into a bunch of different modalities from human design numerology Mm. enneagram even and i love hearing these things like we didn't plan this like i didn't know leslie was gonna say that but like (laughs) i'm listening to that being like wow i feel very validated right now because it's all it's all in the chart right like it's telling us and informing us and I feel like it's just such a great tool to um, look for guidance when you need it or look for understanding, but also to be able to have that validation that you are on the right path or that you are doing what you're supposed to do and that you do have these strengths um, and whatnot. And this is why I just like totally geek out about astrology. (laughs) That validation part is huge. Like just just the liberation that you get knowing like, ah, this is where I'm supposed to concentrate. And so if you wanted to take things deeper, it's like, well, how can you create more opportunities for you, Katie, that allows you to be that expansive Sagittarius, that allows you to add more meaning, that allows you to do more self-exploration? Like that is your gold. Yeah, that's so juicy. So you've mentioned the houses. Mm -hmm. And obviously where your son is in your house is going to help you further inform things. Can we do a quick rundown of the houses and what their meanings are so that people can see where their son and the rest of their planets lie in the houses and help to further inform uh, as to what that means? Yeah, so there's several different house systems, and I won't get into that, um, but all of the houses represent an area of your life or your business. You can look at them in different filters. Sometimes they'll even represent different people. So I'll just go through kind of a couple of keywords per house when we're looking at in your business. So um, your first house is about leadership and identity, also your body. Your second house is about values and money in the bank and how you add value. Your third house is about communications and sharing information and teaching and short distance travel. Fourth house is traditionally about the home and family life. But when we're talking about the business, this is about our safe spaces and the safe communities that we build. Fifth house is all about creativity and play and passion. So there is a lot of, for those really joyful musicians, you might have a lot of fifth house placements or a lot of Leo energy. Um, Sixth house is about your daily routines and health and service to others. Maybe if you have a big team or employees, they would also be in the sixth house. Seventh house is about your partnerships. So ideal customers, collaborators, business partners, affiliates. 
eighth house is about transformation and re other people's resources. So if you're leveraging loans or, um, or, or capital or anything, that would be in the eighth house. Ninth house is about public relations and um, like kind of the world wide web and kind of all of your online places. 10th house is about your authority and kind of your purpose and your mission and what you're meant to deliver in this world. 11th house is your networks and your collaborator, like your wider collaborators, like your friends and humanitarian and your future impact. And then 12th house is a place of rebirth and restoration, your soul's work, how you bring more ease and flow into your life. So we went over mine. Can I <laughs> shoot out some totally random examples of like sun in this house and you can tell us what yeah. that might mean like for instance if somebody has a leo sun in the second house how can they ap apply that and understand those two things together yeah so leo sun like the superpower of a leo sun without knowing more is really about um joy creativity play and vibrancy and in the second house the place of values and money it's like you want to be investing in your creative joy like also the more happy and the more creative you are the more money is going to be coming in mm. but that is if you can master your money and have a really good mindset with your money and figuring out your offers having your son in the second house is a very prosperous place yeah <laughs> okay what about um, pisces in the seventh house Ooh, I'm just yes <laughs> yeah, pisces in the seventh house that would be like a team player musician Okay. Right? Somebody who can get lost in the clouds sometimes and need somebody to help them really ground, be grounded. But this is somebody who really knows how to build relationships and how to be very artistic and is just like super, super, super compassionate. Mm. And so Pisces in the seventh house, they're really digging into your connections and building healthy relationships because one of the aspects of Pisces is that it's not always super healthy just because it's so compassionate <laughs> yeah yeah okay how about um Taurus in the fifth house yeah Taurus in the fifth house that would be like a really fun practical musician maybe like a bass player like just like setting like just having fun just like really setting down a bass line and like everybody just like jumps on top of that bass line the reason why <laughs> I say the bass line is because Taurus is an earth energy yeah. and so and it likes simple things so it's not going to be like all of like you know piccolo doing lots of trills and like arpeggios all over the place but just like steady peaceful and then in the fifth house just lots of fun and lots of play mm. how about Aquarius in the 12th Aquarius in the 12th who that so 12th house is one of these places that's really 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 misunderstood and so a lot of times traditional astrology will say it's like the place of hidden enemies or self-sabotage but when we start to look at the 12th house in an empowering way, empowering way, it's a place of doing your soul's work, a place of doing things with more ease and flow. So as an Aquarius, it's like, how are you making like future global impact and innovation with soul's work with more ease and flow? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I feel like the 12th house is the hardest to understand because it sort of just feels like it's at the end. It's just there. It seems kind of negative when people talk about it, but that's such a great positive spin on it. I love that. Yeah. So hopefully now you understand your sun sign a little bit more. Let's go into rising sign. How is this different mm -hmm. from the sun sign? What is our rising sign? And well, the rising sign is always in our first house. Is that right? 
Yes, the rising sign is the doorway into the first house. And so our rising sign is based on the time and place that you were born, where you took your first breath and the sign that was rising on the eastern horizon. That's how we figure out your rising sign. And so even if you have a twin or a triplet, the rising sign moves so quickly that it kind of changes the dials of the house system. So you could have a twin um, who's born like five minutes later than you and her or his house system is totally different. And so there are no two charts that are exactly the same. That's one of the beautiful reasons why it's such a great tool to position your business. Yeah. Now, our rising sign in ancient astrology was even a little bit more important than our sun sign because our rising sign is essentially in traditional astrology, our personality, how others experience us. And so when we think about in our businesses and we're looking at our brand identity, we want to meet our clients halfway because sometimes how we feel on the inside isn't necessarily how people are experiencing us on the outside. So imagine knowing exactly how others see you. Well, you don't have to imagine, you have your rising sign. <laughs> and so with your rising sign, I look at it from a leadership perspective. What is the type of leader you were born to be? And for a lot of artists, sometimes we don't see ourselves as leaders but we are all leaders. It just doesn't, it does, maybe you're not your stereotypical leader. Like if we think about leaders, maybe you might think of like a rich old white man, you know, wearing some kind of suit that would be like your very traditional leader. <laughs> um, but we all have capacity to lead. And especially as a musician, if you're teaching, your students look at you as a leader. If you're in a band, you're always like kind of there's more of a democracy as the leadership kind of like goes through the ensemble. There's so you have to show up as a leader and our rising sign tells us that leadership style and it shows us how we are meant to initiate, right? So Katie is a Virgo rising. And so you probably experience Katie as somebody who's really organized, who says what she's going to do, who got everything figured out. Everything's <laughs> categorized. You open up her drawers and everything is like perfect. <laughs> Which is somewhat true. 98% <laughs> of the time, yes. <laughs> but like but like the people who are who interface with you, that's how they experience you. Yeah. Like they're not actually looking in your drawers. They're like, oh yeah, Katie's Katie's got it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find it so interesting too, because I feel like for so this is personal, but for so much of my life all I knew was my sun sign and like all I ad could identify with because that was all I knew how to identify with was my son and Sagittarius and like again fiery loud stubborn <laughs> my dog <laughs> just fell off the bed oh my god <laughs> was he napping <laughs> poor dog <laughs> He got sprayed by a skunk yesterday, and he's really out of it, I think. He's <laughs> traumatized. Are you crazy? That really scared me. Oh. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's just like, kerplunk. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> As I was saying, so I really identified so much with the Sagittarius, and again, a lot of that's true. Like, I'm, I am very fiery. I have a lot of that in me, but when I learned about my Virgo rising, I was like, this makes so much sense because I am very grounded, very much like figure out the plan, figure out the details, like organize all of those things. Um, 
But it also helped me, like you said, to understand how other people might be perceiving me. And I feel like I almost, I almost acted more like a Sagittarius because I like didn't know better. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> like it was almost well, like I was like overly embracing that because I felt like I had to be that um, versus really understanding like, oh, I'm actually very multidimensional and there's some ways where like, I don't have to prove myself in other ways or I can really embrace these other qualities that I have and really let that be a holistic approach to how I do things, not just like a one-sided thing. Yeah, well, you know, the thing that that is in common between Sagittarius and Virgo and then of course your Gemini moon also is that all three of those are mutable signs. Mm. And so mutable signs are more, they like to synthesize and go with the flow. So they don't get stuck in like one way or the highway. Mm -hmm. They can really just um, be in the moment and change on the dime, which is a really valuable tool, especially like as a musician, like, you, you know, thinking about playing in an ensemble or something, um, always, you know, changing directions and being part of that. Um, but with your rising sign, when you start to think about it, how do I become a Virgo leader? How do I lead with, you know, being detail oriented and having a routine and having a plan and like looking at the whole instead of just one or the others. It's like, even with this podcast, it's such a beautiful example because you're teaching people practical tools and how yeah. to succeed as a musician. Yeah. And I think too, looking back, it's more of that. It was like, I didn't want to come off as the Virgo that I definitely was coming off. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't want to come off as like stubborn or like frustrated when people change the plan or like that or yeah. whatever it was. So then I would try to be like more flexible, but I'm like, that's not me. Like, <laughs> I mean, I am flexible in a lot of ways, but like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm supposed to be spontaneous. I'm supposed to be this, or like, I feel like people are perceiving me in this way and I don't want to be perceived in this way, but instead to just actually embrace it and be like, no, yeah. that's fine. They can perceive me that way. And this is what it means. This is my true intention behind like who I am and what I do instead of sort of like forcing it to be one way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to be seen as a Virgo. I'm a Sagittarius. Like I'm <laughs> cool. And like, everybody loves me. And I'm like, look at me. I'm so flexible. I'm like, no. <laughs> It's, it's really interesting how we then take all these archetypes and we blend them in and we can see the multifaceted and how that adds to our brilliance. And totally. so, you know, one of the things that's really important to know about being a Virgo leader is the holistic approach. Like the Virgo sees the whole mm. and not just individual pieces. And so even though you're being practical, you're like saying like, well, you need to look at this. You need to look at this. You need to look at this, um, the whole picture. And so that's what your clients are really needing you. Yeah. And so that Virgo rising sign informs it, you know, it sets the stage, it sets the dial for all of the different houses. It also um, shows you how you're supposed to initiate. So everything from your morning routine to writing headlines to, um, you know, opening up an introduction or starting a course or something, you always put your Virgo hat on first. What yeah. would Virgo do? Yeah. And now I love my Virgo. I'm like, I'm such a Virgo rising. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about some of the other rising signs and what that looks like in terms of leadership? 
Yeah. So, you know, thinking about just all those archetypes that I talked about earlier, all of those archetypes exist no matter what, like those are like your main keywords. And so when we're looking now versus the sun sign in the terms of like the what we do, we will play apply those archetypes to your rising sign in terms of how you do what you do. And so if you're thinking about like a fire, fire leaders, you're starting with inspiration. If you're looking at earth leaders, you're starting off with like practical tools. If you have, a, if you're water leadership, then you're simply feeling and holding space, like creating that emotional safety. And then if you're an air moon, uh, an air rising, then you're leading with information. So asking a question or making a connection or dropping a fact, um, those kinds of things. So you can see how just like simple, simple tools and the how, like that first initiating step will come from your rising sign. Do you find that people identify more with their rising sign or like, are you like supposed to quote unquote, identify more with your rising sign than your sun? Your rising sign is a stretch. Okay. Yeah. Your rising sign is a stretch. It's one of like, kind of like, probably when you hear your rising sign, your very first instinct is to resist it. It's to say like, no, I know people see me that way, but that's not how I see myself. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a Gemini rising and I was so upset when I found out I was Gemini rising. Long story. I thought it was everyone hates on Geminis. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, they're scattered. They're this or this. But when I started applying my own tools of kind of empowerment and now I lead with curiosity. So I'm one of those annoying leaders that asks you a question. And if you ask me a question, I'll ask you another question. (laughs) like just give me the answer and I'm like I'm helping you inquire with your own (laughs) with your own mind it's so funny because my brother is a Gemini sun and a Virgo rising like me um and he when you were talking about Gemini suns like he is 100% the person who will walk into a room and be like did you hear about this thing that happened five minutes minutes ago like here's all the facts and here's a full like briefing of the situation like he just has like I don't know how he fits it all into his head or how he absorbs it but like it's crazy and then you think about the Virgo too Virgo rising like he's able to sort of put it all into come across as very organized like (laughs) (laughs) I know all this stuff and I know that it's right and these are the facts and like (laughs) I'm like dude you need to chill for one second like but it's really interesting when you put those pieces together that it's like oh yeah this all makes sense and here's how we can find these superpowers and embrace these other parts of us the Gemini moon placement which is mine we'll get into that in a second I find that the hardest for me to understand in my whole chart. That's something I've really been like rediscovering this year or discovering because it's, I feel like it's very multifaceted, but Geminis get a bad rep. I feel like they shouldn't get a bad rep. (laughs) Yeah, Geminis and Scorpios are like the most judged signs in the whole, the whole Zodiac and like, it's such, it's such bull. Like I I love to take all of that judgment out of astrology. Yeah, I appreciate that. So Last question around rising signs is, Mm -hmm. should we be reading our horoscopes or, you know, some astrologers will do like your astrology for the month of August or whatever. Like, should we Mm -hmm. be looking at that for our rising sign or for our sun sign? Rising sign. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's only so little deep, like so much detail you can go into writing a horoscope. I I tend to not write sign-based horoscopes because there's so many individual factors, Mm. but if you happen to be reading a sign-based horoscope, if you know your rising sign, read your rising sign, 
read your sun sign and then read your moon sign, you're going to, you're going to probably relate to a little bit of all three of those, but just how an astrologer will write the horoscope, they're definitely looking at the rising sign to kind of place the different signs. Okay, perfect. So now you know (laughs) where you should be looking. So let's dive into the moon signs. What does your moon sign mean? Gosh, our moon sign, as you're saying, has like so many different layers. It represents so much in our chart. In terms of astrology and just thinking about like just your personal development, our moon sign is our connection to like our primal mother, if we want to start looking back all the way there. And so we think about our relationship with our mother being represented by the moon sign and different aspects there. And if you can think back to, or you wouldn't really be able to remember as a little baby, but as a little baby, the experiences that you had with your primary initial caretaker really forms what you your expectations in your life. And so our moon sign, when we start to look at it, really represents our basic needs for survival. And so our moon sign then shapes everything that we, um, it shapes everything that we're motivated to be doing, whether or not this is based on faith or based on fear or based on like security. So for example, if you're a little baby and your mom loved you so much and took care of all of your needs, you grew up believing that your needs would always be met. While on the other hand, if you were raised and you had a non-existent caretaker or like just kind of a fractured relationship and you know you would spend hours crying before you got your food or something, you start to believe that hey, you have to work hard or cry or scream in order to get your needs met. And mm. so those basic developmental energies are reflected in your moon sign and you can see how that shapes your entire life and how you are motivated so I look at the moon sign in our business as the why we do what we do because when we understand the why we do what we do then we can understand what success means to us because success isn't necessarily like a million followers or a million downloads or like a million dollars or sometimes success is just expressing what's in your heart sometimes success is being in relationship sometimes success is having a happy family and so you can look to your moon sign in terms of like what success means to you how you want to be recognized because when you know how you want to be recognized you have an easier time stepping out and being seen like if you you know if you resist selling but you understand how you want to be recognized and you say, oh, that's what I'm aiming for. Oh yeah, I can, I can claim that's how I want to be recognized. Sure. I'll show up on live and talk about what I'm offering right now. Right. Right. And so I have a, I have a question yeah. about the sort of childhood correlation to it. Cause obviously <laughs> you can have a family with, I mean, tons of siblings, but let's just say you are a person, you have two siblings. There's three of you, you have the same parents you have different moon signs. So you might look at it and be like, well, why don't we have the same moon sign? Because if we had the same parents, the same childhood, wouldn't we have the same upbringing and therefore the same needs and desires? Obviously, we know each person's different. So each person is going to perceive and handle situations in a completely different way. I assume that's partially dictated by the rest of the chart as well. But how does this sort of play into things? And, you know, obviously, like, Astrology is not predicting the future or predicting Mm -hmm. necessarily how your life's going to go, but how does this play into it so we can more deeper understand, deeply understand 
how we can differ from like our siblings, even if we had a similar experience or how we perceive things, even if we're in the same circumstance as other people? Yeah, such a good question because you probably, you and your siblings, like your brother probably have a very different relationship with your parents. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Wait, these are the same people raising us. How do we have such differentiating, differentiating experiences? And so some astrologers would, would say that your moon sign will dictate your perception of your parents. So if you have a hard aspected moon sign or it's in a different place or it's aspected in just like a challenging way that no matter how loving your parents are, that child is going to perceive their parents as like inadequate, right? Like that, that's like one philosophy Mm. of astrology. And so, you know, we can, we can test that out, but the idea with the moon sign, like, even if we're not looking back to our most primal experiences as a baby, when we start to look at the stories that come through our moon sign. So for example, with your Gemini moon, um, you likely had experiences that you weren't heard or that you weren't understood. And so maybe in your frustration, you might be like screaming at your parents, like, why aren't you understanding me? Yeah. Right. Like that would be a very typical Um, shadow of the Gemini moon, because ultimately Geminis want to be heard and understood. Yeah. And it, when you put it that way, and as you were talking, I was thinking about one of your other podcast episodes where you talk about this in more depth, but that seeking validation, like totally resonates with me. And Mm -hmm. I don't know off the top of my head what my siblings moon signs are, but I definitely know that that's not like their crux. <laughs> like they're, I don't think that they're seeking that as much as I would, but that's something that I, for some reason, like it's almost unexplainable. I'm like, I don't really know why this is the case, but in a lot of ways, I just feel like I, what I need from you parent is validation in this very specific way. Yeah. Whereas some of my siblings might just be like, I don't care. Like that's not yeah. what I need. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or well, they so- feel like they're getting it and I don't feel like I'm getting it. Cause it's just- yeah. You, you nailed it on the top of the head, right? So like in all of our energies, like with the sun sign, knowing what you do, but then what do you, what's next? Well, you create opportunities so you can excel in what you do. Rising sign, how you're, you know how to lead, but then what do you do? Well, you start initiating from that place. For our moon sign now, it's like, well, when you know what you need in order to feel successful, Katie, to be heard and understood, then you tell the people in your circles, whether they're your parents, whether your clients, whether they're prospective clients, this is what I need. This is, I'm claiming, you know what? If you come and hire me, success to me is when you've heard and understood everything that I'm about to teach you. Mm, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> like how, how powerful is that when you know your why, when you know your underlying motivation, then you share it with the people around you. So, wow. you know, we, we expect our closest friends or our loved ones to guess what's on our mind, but hmm. you know, it doesn't work that way. In so many relationships, it's like you think they should be able to read your mind or even like you were talking about earlier with comparisonitis, like you Mm -hmm. compare yourself to other people and you're thinking, I just need this. If I just had this, which they appear to have, then I would be fine. But instead of staying in that space, it's so powerful that you can actually figure out this is what I need. So let me go and ask for it or make that happen instead of just like waiting around being like, why aren't things going how I need them? Or why aren't I hearing this from this person? You can actually take charge of it. 
Yes, you have to claim it. You have to take charge of it. You have to ask for what you want and declare it. Like that is the key to success in any aspect of your life. So I want to ask what that looks like for each sign. But real quick, I've heard a lot of people talk about uh, moon signs as just like your emotional processing, which is kind of vague, but it's sort of just like, oh, moon signs equals emotions. Is that accurate? Is that not accurate? Your moon sign, it really does, it, 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 it represents, that's one of the filters, is your emotional intuitive sense. And so we all have emotional and intuitive intelligence. And how does that show up? Well, with the Gemini, with your Gemini moon, your like intuition comes through your mind. It's like you're thinking about it, you're thinking about it, spark of inspiration. Oh, there it is. Mm, that's interesting too, because I'm a manifesting generator and they're like, you need to go with your gut. But I do really feel like I get a lot of inspiration from my yeah. mind. And so. sometimes the gut, you know, that, that gut, I know in, in human design, it's placed down here, but with that intuition and like also being able to process your emotions, you probably need to talk it through with your friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100%, 100%. <laughs> Okay, so can you give us like the rundown of what um, a moon sign looks like for each sign? Yeah, so I say using the same architects archetypes in the beginning with your moon sign, you know, Aries moon, like instead of like the what you do now, this is like how you need. Like so for Aries moon, you need to feel um, like you're the best or the first or the leader. With a, a Taurus moon, you need to feel peaceful. With a Gemini moon, you need to be heard and understood. With a Cancer moon, you need to feel and, and be allowed to process your emotions. With Leo, you need to be adored. You need to be in the limelight. <laughs> you need all the applause. With um, Leo, after Leo is Virgo, with a Virgo moon, you want to feel as healthy as possible, as perfect as possible. Um, Libra, you need to feel that you're in a committed relationship, that you have connections with uh, Scorpio. You need to feel transformative and empowered with Sagittarius. You need to feel free to explore uh, Capricorn. You need to feel like you have achieved and mastered something with Capricorn uh, after Capricorn. Aquarius, you need to feel like you have a friend network and innovative with Pisces, you need to feel interconnected and just compassionate. So take back your power, my friends, yes. <laughs> with your moon sign. And Permission to be all of those things. Like forget what other people told you when you were young. No, these are what you need from your yeah. moon sign. And when I listened to your episode about this on your podcast, which everyone should go listen to, um, <laughs> we'll plug it in a second. But I was like, this really is... Again, back to that validation, which now that I'm saying it, it's like, oh, I'm getting the, I'm getting the validation that I need validation. So I guess it all makes sense. <laughs> Full circle here. It's not a surprise. Um, but it, it really does help you understand like validation. I feel like a lot of people, it's like a dirty word. Like, oh, she just needs this constant validation. She constantly needs that. But it's not actually that. It's more just about hey, are you understanding? Are you hearing this? Is this getting through? Is what I'm doing helping? It, that kinds of things. And I don't have to feel, and nobody has to feel ashamed for what they really need. Instead, you can actually embrace that and know where it's coming from. Yes, I'm writing down a few notes because you wrote down some great things. Yeah, that, that kind of idea of the permission and the no shoulds 
like forget all the shoulds that you've picked up, especially like as a musician, you worked really hard. And because we're always maximizing things, it's really hard to turn off that part where you're always Mm self-criticizing and then coming back to your natal chart to say, wait, oh, this is how I can be. This is how I can find my sound, my expression even better. Yeah, absolutely. So very briefly, your moon sign can be in different parts of, or in different houses, right? So how, um, I don't know if it's easier to do an overview or, or for me to just throw out examples like we did last time, but how can we better understand our moon sign based on the house that it's in? Yeah. So just like with the sun sign, it's like your creative vibrancy works best in that particular house. So again, with Katie in the fourth house, your sun, the what you do is so much more brilliant when you're doing that self-exploration, that kind of self-care part in the fourth house. And so the same with your moon sign, it's like, where, where are your needs best met according to your moon sign will be by by that house so the house sign is giving you just more context in place of like where in my life and my business does my success matter so for you your moon sign in your um 10th house is in your in your success house in your in your delivering on your mission so for you your emotional sense of success is like really in your career yeah which is true. <laughs> yeah. And I talk about that a lot on the podcast. It's so funny because I'm like, you podcast listeners now just know everything about me. I have no secrets anymore. <laughs> we, like use me as an example. Like it's fine. Um, but it's true. Like, and I, again, I talk about it on the podcast where I really work through not having all of my personal validation coming from like making sales or signing clients or this, that, or the other thing, because I do feel naturally inclined to gravitate towards that but I also need to set boundaries with that in a way because it could just like totally wreck me if it was like you know this launch depends on my worthiness or my validation like that's no way to live so Mm -hmm. for me it's really been an experience of being able to work with that and knowing that I feel extremely fulfilled and validated when I am having success in my business but not letting it get away from me and sort of have these negative consequences in a way yeah, to not be the only thing in your Virgo rising, you need your whole life, you need your rest, you need your play, you need your spiritual yeah. work, you need your work work, <laughs> but yeah. you're, you're most satisfied, your, your, your moon's needs are most satisfied when you're sharing and living in your, in your career and your public life. Yeah. So can I throw out a couple more examples? Sure. Just... Two more, two more. Super quick. Okay. So let's say Libra in the fourth house. Libra in the fourth house. Yeah, the family relationships and those close relationships with people that feel like family um, is really what a Libra moon would need. Okay, how about Capricorn in the ninth? Ooh, Capricorn in the ninth. Yeah, they want world recognition and domination, not want. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. (laughs) Okay, so this was incredible. Leslie, thank you so much for coming on today. Can you tell us a little bit more as to how we can follow you, keep up with you and work with you? Yes. Um, is it okay if I plug my musician stuff a little bit? Of course. Yes, I love that. <laughs> okay. Because even the stuff that I do for music is really niche. So um, I am a classical clarinetist and I freelance in the Bay Area, but um, I'm also in a chamber ensemble. We 
we haven't done any tours in the last couple of years, but I'm in a nationally recognized chamber ensemble called Quinteto Latino, and we play classical music by Latin American composers. Um, so that's like my musician plug there. So you can look at us up, look us up at quintetolatino.org. And then for work, so if you've been really curious about how to read your natal chart for business, I know we kind of went through an overview. I'm actually starting on August 16th, a week-long mini training called called Written in the Stars, How to Read Your Natal Chart for Business. And so I'm going to teach you how to direct and navigate your business using all uh, and decoding all of the symbols in your chart. So that starts up on August 16th, and you can go to thesavvyluminary.com forward slash written in the stars. I'm going to check that out. I'm really excited to do that. <laughs> how does that differ from like a personal reading? Do you do personal readings as well or no? Yes, I do personal readings. Um, those are a little bit of a bigger investment. So I know that people are not always ready to like dive in because I, I only for new clients, I do double sessions because I okay. people just get so much more. Yeah. Um, but written in the stars, basically, if you're astro curious, or even if you know your astrology really well, and you want to learn it in a more empowered way and see everything in a holistic view, not just little ingredients on a list, but like yeah. how they start to blend together, then how to read your natal chart for business will give you an empowering view, 360 degree view of your business. And then that's going to feed into a four, four week intensive. So how to chart your success and that's called star powered. And we cover the big three, the what, the why, and the how of your business plus the who, who your ideal customers are. So that one is a four week intensive where we dive deep into expressing and positioning your brand. Amazing. So what's your website one more time? And your oh, Instagram? yes. Okay. So you can find my podcast at thesavvyluminary.com. My website is, um, my website and Instagram is newmooncreativeco. Beautiful. Everyone go check Leslie out and then screenshot this episode, tag both of us. Yes. Tell us what your sun, moon and rising are and your biggest takeaways from this episode. We want to hear from you. Leslie, thank you so much for coming on today. This was incredible. And thanks for coming oh, on. Thanks for having me, Katie. I love talking astrology. So anytime. Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.